This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Welcome to episode 14 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. My name is Laura Lummer, and today's episode is titled Surviving Breast Cancer as a Spouse, How One Man is Changing the World in Support of His Wife. And I love this episode because we're going to be talking with Scott Keppel, who is the owner of Scott's Training Systems in Chandler, Arizona. Scott is married to his beautiful wife, Melissa, and she, Melissa is a two-time breast cancer survivor. So we're going to hear a little bit about Melissa's story from Scott's perspective. And the reason I wanted, well, there were two reasons I wanted to come at it from this perspective. One, because I think it's really important for us to realize that nobody goes through breast cancer alone. And our loved ones walk through this experience, support us through this experience, and, you know, have their challenges in dealing with what we go through as well. I've sometimes been heard to say, you know, it's easier to go through breast cancer when you're the person with it because you kind of know your own limits and your own ability to cope. Whereas when you have to watch someone else go through cancer, there's just an overwhelming, in my experience, an overwhelming feeling of helplessness. It can be a real struggle. But Scott has taken his experience of watching his wife go through this and of coping with being in this position of helplessness in, in, in as far as the respect of being able to cure her or change her or fix it. And he took his experience and said, okay, what do I have control over? What do I have the ability to do to show my support and to just make a difference and use his special set of skills and talent to do anything that he could do for his wife while she was going through breast cancer treatment and how he continues to support her and to support other breast cancer survivors now going forward. He has a great story, and I know Scott from a mutual friend of ours, Trish Blackwell, and back at a fitness conference in 2016, Trish gave a virtual introduction to Scott and I, knowing that we had that common experience with breast cancer. And he and I talked over the phone, and I was immediately just taken with his candor, but his candor with a real gentleness, an authentic gentleness. And why I appreciate that is because, you know, when you're coming out of cancer, when you're trying to get fit, when you're trying to create a healthy lifestyle program, you don't need to work with a yes person. You need to work with someone who knows the direction to take you, that's going to fit into your lifestyle, that's going to help you to achieve your goals but who isn't also afraid to address where they see you dealing with challenges or making excuses for reasons why you haven't done something or can't do something. And I found that to be a really fantastic quality about Scott. He can address whatever's going on 
as a client, what is going on with his people as he's constructing their programs. And he does it in a way that's very honest and very open, but also very empathetic and understanding to the challenges that women go through after breast cancer treatment. When we initially talked, he talked to me about the certifications that he earned after finding out that his wife did have breast cancer. He talked to me about a book he wrote, and I just thought he was amazing. So fast forward, several months later, I was still struggling with figuring out how to get over this um, constant challenge with weight loss. And I decided, you know what, I need to have somebody look at what I'm doing and look at my program from an outside perspective. And the first person I thought of was Scott, because I know that he understands the unique challenges that a woman, and especially a woman after breast cancer treatment, goes through. So I did reach out to him. I worked with him on a 10-week program, and it was so enlightening. And again, he's very honest, but he's also very forthright in saying, here's the things you need to do, and here's where you're sticking to it, and here's where you're not sticking to it. And, you know, not so much, why aren't you doing it? Get your stuff together. Get out there. But he came at my whole nutrition and fitness program more from the perspective of, you know, what's going on in your mind? What's going on with you emotionally? Why are you making these choices instead of these choices? And really forced me to open my eyes to what I was doing with my own fitness program or little places where I had allowed myself to get stuck mentally or emotionally from challenges that I came across or from barriers that I was having a hard time getting through. Anyway, I learned a tremendous amount. I had some great success with him, and I really want more women to hear about Scott. I think he has a lot to offer, and he has a just a great story, but he's just got a great heart. He's a great guy, and he's out there not only working in what he loves and what he is passionate about, but doing it for something he's passionate about and really helping and serving a lot of women in doing so. So Scott is a nationally certified fitness and nutrition coach, and he specializes in breast cancer recovery, pre- and postnatal, pageantry, and weight loss. He's based in Chandler, Arizona, as I said a minute ago, and he has a whole team of coaches that work to really empower and educate and motivate clients all around the world. So his programs are offered virtually. You may be thinking, wait, if he's in Arizona and you're in California, how did you guys work together? Well, he's got a system that's just down pat, so you can work with him from anywhere. And he you know, emailed me charts and, and logs and things that I needed to use, and we spoke over the phone, and I asked questions through email if something came up, and it was just a really, really great program that didn't require a lot of additional time you know, connecting and meeting and doing things to figure it out. So he's got a great way of handling his clients virtually. So he does both in-person and online coaching. And Scott thinks that it's really important to develop fitness and nutrition plans that are very specific to a client's needs. And I totally agree. Each one of us is different. Each one of our needs are different. Our lifestyles are different. Our bodies respond differently. And that he is open to that and understands that is a really valuable thing to find in a fitness coach. So among all of the roles Scott plays, he's the husband of his amazing wife, Melissa, And he's used her battle with cancer to do something very positive in becoming a certified post-breast cancer recovery coach. He's written a book titled The Fit Guide to Post-Breast Cancer Recovery. 
and he hosts an annual event called Busting Butts to Save Breasts every October, and he's going to talk a little bit about that in this upcoming episode as well. Really cool event. I love the way he put it together. It's not just a normal 5K, but it has lots of fun into it. And he just has this beautiful vision also of expanding this event across different states, having different coaches jump in and follow the model that he's set and just do it everywhere to support whatever their favorite breast cancer organization or charitable organization might be to just continue to bring awareness to what women go through during cancer treatment, but after cancer treatment as well. So I can't wait to get started. I'm going to introduce to you now the wonderful Scott Keppel. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's awesome to, uh, to have this opportunity. I'm excited to, to talk to you. Great. Well, I'm going to hand it over to you, and if you would just talk a little bit about, you know, from the very start, what happened, what went on with your wife, and what was your experience as a result? All right. So, um, yeah, my wife, uh, Melissa, was diagnosed with breast cancer stage one. And that happened back in 2001. We were actually on a uh, family vacation in Ohio, where I'm from. Uh -huh. It was 4th of July. And she came out. We were staying at a little beach house there. And she came out to where everyone's at, saying that you know, she found a lump. And she, think, she thought she had cancer. Uh, and at the time, uh, one, because everyone's in denial. And, and they're like, no, it's, it's not. And it was pretty high up. It was high up on a clavicle, which is not a normal sight, uh, as well as it was painful, which is, is another thing that's not, that's rather atypical. Right, yeah. Uh, and it, uh, cancer does not run in her family. Uh, she doesn't drink much. She doesn't smoke. Uh, you know. uh, so a lot of the things that, you know, would bring someone to think that they, it might be, you know, she, she didn't have. So, you know, we were like, no, it's, it's not. You'll be okay. But she just knew something was wrong. So, we stayed there for however many more days. When we came back, she went in, saw you know a doctor, oncologist, and uh, first one said, you know, no, it's not cancer. It just looks like a tumor. It's you know, it's nothing, uh, you know, non-cancerous. It you know, it's don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. She still felt something was wrong, so she went and got a second opinion. Same thing, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's anything. Uh, and then the third time, still. Wow. It's not cancer, but she just kept pushing, which you know, God love her, she does. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, thankfully she did. So we went in on a Wednesday. They went, uh, did the surgery, and came out and told us both uh, it, it was cancer. Mm -hmm. But at that time, they couldn't tell if it was what kind of cancer it was. Because, oh. uh, again, just how high it was, the way it looked, and everything. So at that point, we were actually hoping that was breast cancer uh, because then we knew you know, it cured and it wasn't throughout her whole body. Right, yeah. So in the first two doctors, the ones that said that they didn't think she should be concerned, did they not do any imaging on that area? They did not. They just uh, they didn't see a need for it okay. because, you know, feeling around and looking at it again where it was and doing her history and whatnot, they were just like, you know, it's, it's not. Hmm. Um, and so, again, she just kept pursuing it and actually – the second one that she had once she went back to very persuasive mm -hmm. you know he, he uh, then you know did the surgery and you know again came back that it was cancer uh, two days later I believe it was uh, we found out that it wasn't you know 
of stage one breast cancer. Okay. Um, so we were, again, as grateful you know, to hear that it was cancer as we could be, knowing that it was stage one and breast, so mm-hmm. we knew it wasn't in the lymph nodes. So at that time, they, the recommendation for her was to have six weeks of radiation. Um, so when she found that out, uh, I just told her, I was like, hey, you know, I really don't know how to handle this. Um, either, mm-hmm. either one of us did. We have three kids. I own my own business, and she's a speech therapist, and we've been working. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I'm going to start working. I'm going to work. Uh, and so, uh, unbeknownst to her, uh, I decided to reach out and get a certification in post breast cancer because uh, I knew she was going to beat it to be able to uh, educate myself and her and make sure while she was going through uh, whatever treatment, because at that time we didn't know, that I would be able to help coach her as much as I could. And then once she was done with treatment, be able to get her back to her normal self. So yeah, so I got certified in that. And uh, I also, knowing that it impacted us, but we're fortunate enough to have a great community and uh, careers that allow us to have insurance and have some financial stability. Uh, we, I decided to put together uh, Busting Butts to Save Breasts, uh, which is a 5K run slash we have stations if people want to do them, uh, walk, kid boot camp, uh, we do raffle items, uh, so everything. So we, we did that to be able to donate and give back to all these amazing foundations and charities that help with, with breast cancer. That's awesome. So did you start the busting butts to save breasts after the first diagnosis or after the second? And how much time was there in between those two? Yeah, so I started it after the first. The first. Um, so she was diagnosed, again, she found it July 4th, diagnosed in July. Um, first event was in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the day after her last radiation treatment. Uh, so it was pretty awesome to see her across the finish line, you know, in more ways than one. Ah, that's great. So that was, and just the community came out. That first event, we had about 50 people, and we were able to raise about $3,000. Again, that was me putting it on myself, Mm -hmm. you know, within a matter of months. That's Um, awesome. Thank you. That is. It's great to see not only just how much you could accomplish, but how much support from the community in such a short period of time. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things, you know, for people to realize, right, uh, you know, hopefully you're a part of, of a community, and oftentimes we're a part of a bigger community than we realize, mm-hmm. uh, and to, it's okay to reach out and ask for help, uh, you know, so I was grateful for that, and again, to raise awareness uh, for other individuals as well, too, so right. that was the first time, uh, and then we, we, this will be our seventh year of putting on the event. Oh, great. But then uh, a couple years after, I want to say it was three years, I, I don't recall correctly, but Melissa was diagnosed with breast cancer again. Uh-huh. Uh, this time it was actually stage zero. Uh, so she found it so early, uh, you know, that it, it wasn't actually deemed cancer, but it was, it was cancer cells. She found it early enough, and at that time, uh, we decided, she decided, you know, to have a double vasectomy to remove, you know, all the breast tissue, well, you know, as much of it as they can, they can never say 100%. Right. Right, but uh, 
and she decided to have a double mastectomy at that time. So to hopefully, one, not get it back, but two, you know, uh, for breast cancer survivors, they would know much more than I, unfortunately, but uh, oftentimes then any little bump you find, your mind goes right to there. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we didn't want her to worry uh, as, you know, we wanted her to worry as little as possible because, like, stress you know, causes inflammation and mm-hmm. you know, the system's down. And, you know, that's when, you know, it's, it's going to thrive. So um, she had a double mastectomy, and uh, she's a, a thin woman, me, mm-hmm. so they had to do expanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, and for those that don't know, like, expanders are where a woman will go in every week or every other week or dependent, and they basically use large needles to fill up, you know, the implants mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. to, to expand the skin, and then they eventually take those out and put in the actual implant. Right, uh, right. Now, did she find it the second time, Scott, through imaging, or did she discover it herself? She discovered it herself. Okay. Um, so it was already a lump. It was already, yep, it was already a lump. Okay. And I mean, that's why it's so important, right, for women to uh, have mammograms on a regular basis and to pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. And, and being healthy, uh, you know, helps tune with your body and knowing when something's wrong uh, and, and being at you know a, a healthy body fat percentage and healthy weight uh, you know makes it all the more easier to realize when something's not right you know if you feel tired and run down all the time anyway um, it's hard to know when something might be abnormal but that, when you're used to feeling good mm-hmm. then you really I think that is such an important point that you make because I know when I was diagnosed, that's when I started looking into it, I hadn't yet felt a lump, but I knew something was wrong because I couldn't get through the workouts the same way I did. I didn't, I kept getting sick, cold after cold, like I could tell something is not right in the way that I'm feeling. And so I was pursuing, you know, going to a doctor, getting blood tests and, you know, something is not right here. But I I think the point you make is super important because both you and I as personal trainers know you'll get somebody in, maybe even a young person, doesn't mean just an older person who doesn't exercise or isn't used to it, but when you're not used to being physically fit, you often are so disconnected from your body that even when you cue someone and might say, you know, tighten your abs or you try to get them into a plank position, they're just so unaware of their body that they oftentimes have a hard time knowing where to tighten, you know, how to tuck, how to move forward, different things, different attributes of, you know, just getting their body in alignment. So I think that's a really important point that when you're not in touch with your body enough that you can even be aware of what parts are where and how you activate different parts of your body, it's very difficult to cue in on signals when something isn't right. So... You know, aside from people thinking of personal trainers as those people, like, you know, if you want to lose weight or you want to get into a competition or whatever, whatever they might consider, it is really all about being healthy. And being healthy can't happen without being tuned into your body. Wouldn't you agree? No, definitely. I mean, I, I think people need to be mindful mm-hmm. uh, in anything like mindful of how they treat people, mindful of how they spend money, mindful of what they eat, mindful of exercise and rest, uh, you know, and when you're, uh, you know, oblivious to it and you're not paying attention, uh, you know, then, you know, things are going to happen and you're going to wonder why. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it, it's not that someone has to work out, you know, 
two hours a day and a piece of chicken and asparagus, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's whatever is you know healthy for that person. Uh, but you know it is important. Plus, you know if you're healthy and you're eating a balanced diet and you're not eating a lot of refined foods, which are fake sugars and fried foods, drinking like a lot of alcohol and things like that, you know that's all those things cause inflammation. Disease mm-hmm. means are you know one of those feeds off of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the better you can do and exercise helps reduce inflammation. You know meditation does, yoga does, uh, you know all of those things. So the the more people do, and again it's it's not like we're trying to you know, sell people on you know, hire me or you as a trainer. Mm-hmm. You know it's just you know there's so many resources out there uh, that they can use and just go for a walk depending on where they live or just do something to be active and you know maybe instead of drinking sodas every day, try and replace that with some water or put some fruit in the water. Instead of eating chips, you know, maybe you have some vegetables or some popcorn and a little less of the chips. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's just these small little changes can have a, a huge impact long term. That is so true. That is really true. So I'm going to go back a little because I want to touch on some more things that you were inspired to do with, um, and I want to talk a little more about Busting Butts to Save Breasts, but you also wrote a book. And so tell me about that. Was that after the first or second diagnosis? And what what drove you to write the book and, and what can people expect to find in it to help oh, them? You. Yeah, so I started writing it after the first time, but completed it after the second. Mm-hmm. And again, what, what it is, it's a, it's a fit guide to post-breast cancer mm-hmm. recovery because, uh, you know, it's not just about the recovery, it's about being fit afterwards. Mm-hmm. So God forbid it does come back. If you're fit, you can fight it that much better. True. Uh, and, you know, if you're fit, you reduce the chances of it coming back. Right. Uh, so, so that's the purpose of it is to provide workouts for women that they can do. Uh, whether they go to a trainer, go to a gym, are at home, uh, you know, so whatever their budget is, they can do it wherever, uh, you know, and for um, and nutrition ideas. It's not just about now foods that maybe you should avoid, but there's also certain foods that would help with your immune system. Mm-hmm. Blueberries for antioxidants, you know, are great. You know, if you're low in iron, you might need to have you know, sardines, which no one really tends to like, right, or... Um, you need some uh, potassium, you know, white potatoes, strawberries, bananas, um, spinach. So, you know, it's it's all these foods that, you know, one can eat so um, to help build their immune system as well as certain foods like we already mentioned uh, mm-hmm. that they should maybe limit or avoid. Right. Uh, and then there's workouts that are specific to a woman who has had a double insect, well, not just a double insect, breast cancer because even if uh, a woman doesn't have a double mastectomy or a mastectomy, oftentimes that area, you know, she may not love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she may walk a little differently, slouched over, mm-hmm. uh, and that could just even be if she had a lumpectomy, tightness. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, the exercises in there are specific to help with postural changes that can occur without tearing or stressing the pectoral muscles, which may be impacted due to you know, whatever procedure she may have had. That's um, awesome. You know, so, and it's, you know, it's scalable. So for a woman who has 
know, uh, never exercised, uh, you know, she may need a little more help and may have to go to a coach just because she may not know all the exercises, even though there are pictures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then it's also scalable to a woman like my, my wife and like yourself uh, who are fit. Uh, this sets you back a little bit because, you know, you're tired afterwards. And the, the thing is, is then you have to be mindful. Like, you can't just because the treatment's over, you can't just jump right back into it again. It's like a, I'm also certified pre-postnatal. So a woman, after she gives birth, uh, you know, she definitely doesn't have to worry about the same thing she did while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, she was pregnant for nine months. Uh, you know, she can't just jump right back into what she was doing prior to that. So you have to progressively get stronger, get more stable, get more fit. So then, you know, you can go ahead and be at the level you want to. Right. And that, again, is such a good point that you make, because I know, especially for, you know, when people before and after they give birth to a child and before and after they experience breast cancer, oftentimes I'll hear that frustration of, I used to be able to do this, but I want to do what I used to be able to do. And either I I see kind of these two schools where women are afraid to exercise because they're afraid to injure any area where they may have had surgery uh, or they get frustrated because they're saying, I used to be able to do this and now I can't do this, you know? And what do you think in your exposure? Because obviously you work with post-breast cancer um, clients now, and we'll talk about that because you have a great online program where you can work with anyone because I'm sure people are listening to all the information you have and thinking, I wish I lived in Chandler, Arizona and I could work with him. (laughs) So, but they can anyway. But what do you find... uh, are some of maybe the most common challenges or obstacles that you help women through when they come to you for post-breast cancer programs and, and what are their um, thoughts and approaches? No, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously varies based on the, on the person. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, for a lot of women, uh, again, you know, they've gone through this traumatic event, if you will, um, and, you know, it, it changes them forever. Mm-hmm. You're a survivor always, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know. So, and that's awesome. And, uh, celebrate that and appreciate that. And instead of, uh, you know, uh, in a sense, feeling sorry for yourself. Right. Uh, again, it's easy for me to say who hasn't had it, um, but being the spouse of one, right? You know, you can either live that you know that's who you are and let it define you, mm-hmm. or you can say that's just another thing that came in your life and you kicked its butt. Mm-hmm. So, right. So uh, the reality is, though, if you had a double vasectomy, uh, your breasts aren't going to look the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is, is sometimes based on whatever treatment you had, uh, you know, your weight might not be able to get up or get down like you used to. Mm-hmm. Your hair may look different. Uh, those are harsh realities. I don't know what that that would feel like. Mm-hmm. However, uh, just like anything in life, if we sit there and focus on So what I try to help women with is not even just so much the, the uh, squats and deadlifts and eat your fruits and vegetables. It's the personal development as well, too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, again, appreciate what you overcome and what you have to look forward to. Uh, so, so that's what I really try and, and encourage these women and stop living in the past because the reality is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 
42 here soon. Mm-hmm. I can't do the things I used to do when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dang so it. Exactly. <laughs> With that being said, you know, I can do a lot of other things that I couldn't do then. Right. You know, so um, we don't have to just succumb to, all right, I have cancer, but uh, I guess it's over with now. I'm just going to live out how many more years I have and not exercise again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you might not be able to do pull-ups again because of the pole. Uh, you might not be able to do chest presses. Um, you might have to go down in weight, uh, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we need to, again, realize how strong we truly are and how much you lift. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a, a test of your strength. What you overcome in life is a test of strength. Uh, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. It and is. That's, and that's what I try to re- reiterate to the survivors that I work with. That's awesome. And that's what I loved in working. I mean, we I said, I think in the intro here that I did work with you. And and really just immediately, I loved that, that it wasn't just about here's your sets and here's your reps. But I think you're very intuitive and have that ability to pick up on, okay, what's going on in your head today? You know, why are you, where are you at with this? And why are you making the choices you make? And I think that, um, especially when you're dealing with a female client, that is such a valuable skill set that you have that you're really able to tune in on, you know, this person, which I'm sure you dealt with, obviously you dealt with intimately with your wife, what she experienced, um, not just from a physical point, but from her emotional um, status, from her self-image and all that kind of stuff. So it's great that you wrap that all into your programs because that's just not something you find everywhere. I think that a lot of trainers... First of all, a lot of trainers don't have an understanding of how breast cancer or surgeries and that type of thing changes a body, you know, the firsthand, the way that you do, the way that I do. And uh, I think that that's just so valuable to have for someone who's looking, who is uh, looking for recovery and looking for support, to have somebody that really has an understanding of how challenging this might be because your body's kind of been put back together a little bit differently. So. Chandler, then it's great because then you know, okay, I have to see Scott, you know, at Friday at 2 p.m. and I'm not going to miss my appointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when we're doing it online and we have weekly check-ins and, and even daily, you can send messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for the accountability and again the personal development and the program for you to follow. Because even if you have a trainer, uh, again, take away uh, post-breast cancer, just uh, a trainer in general. Uh, you know, even if you saw him or her five days a week, which, you know, is going to be rather expensive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that's only, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, however long you're going, uh, you know, out of the entire week, mm-hmm. still all these other hours that you're left to your own uh, device. So having an online coach, as long as, you know, he or she, you know, specializes in what it is you need, and there's that connection there, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't, really doesn't matter, you know, because want to make sure again it's the it's the coaching that you get in addition to just again give me three more reps uh you know it's the the nutrition and the personal development that goes along with that absolutely and by the way speaking of nutrition i think sardines get a bad rap you know they really pretty much just taste like tuna throw them in the salad (laughs) there you go 
But uh, no, those are all really good points. And so I think, too, what would you say about women who might think, well, that all sounds great and I would love to do it, but um, I don't have access to a gym and weights and things like that. What are some options? I know you and I have talked about before for women who can use their body weight or other forms of exercise rather than needing a set of dumbbells or a barbell. Exactly. And, and, and even that, you know, there's there's typically a cost involved uh, as well, too. So, yeah. you know, I would suggest do your homework, you know, find a coach, uh, you know, that is certified in post-breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Or if, even if not that, that at least has dealt with individuals with limitations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're giving someone that, you know, is going to be patient, willing to not just give you a cookie-cutter workout, mm-hmm. but is going to give you a workout specific to that, to provide some nutritional guidance, at least to help you with foods, again, that you should avoid and foods that you should eat, uh, because nutrition is going to be, play a huge part in it. But, you know, those are the things I would look for when we're trying to find that coach to help you on your road to the that's great. And I think, you know, you mentioned that how tenacious your wife is and how when she felt something wasn't right, she kept after it, right, until she felt good about the result. And I know that working as a breast cancer mentor, that's something that I've talked about on the podcast before and that I talk with women about all the time is being your own advocate in that medical setting and not settling for something that doesn't feel right to you. And I think that that carries over as well when you're looking to get healthy again, get strong again, get a range of motion back again, maybe after surgery, that when you're going to a trainer, like you said, you're looking for somebody that has an understanding of physical limitations. But what would you say to somebody who, you know, if you don't feel right about something, if a trainer's telling you, hey, I want you to do, you know, 15 burpees and, uh, you know, you can do those push-ups, just do them on your knees. I mean, you have to speak up for yourself, right? No, definitely. I mean, you know, your voice is your voice and you have to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, take breast cancer out of it. Take, you know, anything out of it. If, if someone's not providing you what, what he or she is supposed to, you know, you have to let them know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you're working out and something, you feel a, a pull or a strain or, a, God forbid, a tear or whatever, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, you know, I'm sure the coach, you know, has the best of intentions. Uh, but even with me, you know, like, I don't know what it's like to have that happen. So I know what exercises we should avoid. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I know certain exercises that we should be able to do, mm-hmm. but everyone is different. So you may not be able to do the same movements as these four other women who are uh, breast cancer survivors can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need a coach that is willing to listen and say, like, okay, you can't do a regular push-up. Why not, right? And, and the coach should ask too, mm-hmm. right? Because again, you've gone through a lot, so some of it might just be in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm afraid. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Why are you afraid? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then I'm afraid because anytime I try it, I feel a strain. Okay, then let's get yeah, no. mm-hmm. uh, I'm afraid because I read somewhere like you should never do a push-up again. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, God forbid you fell on the ground. How are you gonna get? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just so true. I laugh, it's not funny, but in one sense it is because you know the mechanics, the biomechanics, and how we use our bodies every day. And we'll hear people say something that's just so silly about, oh, you shouldn't move like that. And you're thinking, well, you move like that when you walk upstairs, you know? Or you're right, like you move like that when you lift yourself up or push something or that type of thing. So I love that about you as well is that even though you are very um, empathetic and you have a very open mind in listening to people, you also tell it like it is, right? And I think that's important when you're working with especially someone recovering. No, thank you. Sure. You know, that's the thing, you know, you're a survivor, not a victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, again, uh, I realize, you know, to anyone listening, it's easier for me to say because uh, I... Uh, and neither of those, but you know, in life, if you keep living in the role of a victim, you're going to always be one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that being said, you shouldn't try and be a hero. So if you're doing something and it hurts, feels awkward, whatnot, let the coach know, and then probably don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's okay. If it's difficult, hey, you know what, if you speak cancer, you can, you can overcome doing know whatever movement it may be and that's the thing too again is uh, people don't realize like your pecs um, one of the main functions is to pull your arms across your body mm-hmm. so if you just got done with double mastectomy just radiation chemo what and there's tightness doing a kettlebell swing for instance not one of the best things because it's already pulling on your chest mm-hmm. uh, doing deadlifts uh, you might have really strong hamstrings uh, and low back and glutes so you might be able to deadlift 200 pounds mm-hmm. but that's 200 pounds pulling now on your chest mm-hmm. so you might have to go a little lighter in those particular movements not so much because of the muscles you work but because of the way it engages is the area on you that was impacted through you know again your um, your treatment very true uh, or diagnosis Right, right. And also getting that understanding that um, it will feel weird. It doesn't feel the same after if you have, especially if you've had surgery. Um, And so I know that it can be a little weird for me when I even started getting back to exercising. I was like, ooh, you know, that's a really strange feeling because there's cording or tightness. But it's not necessarily a feeling that needs to be worrisome. It's just different than what it used to feel like before, you know, and something that can be worked with. Yeah, super important. So I want to talk more about your busting butts to save breasts. And you said you started it now. This is, will this be your seventh year this October? Yes, it will be October 29th. Okay. Uh, it'll, it'll be at my studio in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, and it'll start there and end there. So this will be our, our seventh year of doing it. 
Uh, the first year we had, again, about 50 people, and we were able to give the charity about $3,000. Last year we had approximately 250, and we were able to give back close to 10000 That is amazing. That is so awesome. And what charity are you working for this year? So uh, much like last year and this year, we're actually giving it to the Johnson Cancer Center Foundation. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're based out of UCLA. The doctor there, he was working closely with a good friend of ours who actually, uh, unfortunately, uh, lost her battle to cancer last year. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, has left a husband and, and two amazing daughters mm -hmm. around the ages of my two youngest. Okay. So uh, she was a dear friend of uh, our families. So knowing how much she uh, loved this doctor and the great work they're doing out of the Johnson Cancer Center Foundation. Mm -hmm. We want we wanted to give to them because we know that they use, uh, I believe it's about eighty percent, and it might even be more. So, but of that money for the actual research, uh, you know, the rest goes to the miscellaneous. But I mean, mm -hmm. so it's it's going to an actual good cause. Uh, not that any of them are necessarily going to a bad cause. Um, but we know that the money we're giving is going to where they say it's going to go. Great. So, so uh, that's what makes it great for us. I don't have my own 501c3, and someday maybe I'll do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that's just something else that takes away, uh, takes time. So I would rather give it to a foundation that we trust and has been around. So we give it to them, and uh, right now we already have um, – take on more sponsors for sure but with the sponsors we have we've already raised enough to be able to cover the cost of uh, the company coming out and setting up you know the, the start and finish line and we have racing chips so it's a legitimate 5k uh, we already have enough money to cover the t-shirts uh, miscellaneous yes we have food donated so right now any money that anyone donates uh, 100% of it will be going to the charity that's great uh, we don't Myself and my coaches, we run the event for free. So um, none awesome. of the money gets paid to us in any way other than to cover expenses, which mm -hmm. now we've been able to do. And that's, that's great. And yours isn't just a normal 5K. Like people don't just get out there and walk it or run it. You actually add in a little extra touch, right? We do. So we do. People can just walk it or run it. Uh, that's what they like. So some people come and time mm -hmm. so we have that some individuals you know uh, aren't fit enough to run and you know just want to be a part of a great cause so they can walk it they mm -hmm. push strollers uh, we don't really like dogs coming out just because uh, you know that gets kind of messy mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but um but you know and then for those people that are you know maybe a little more fit and want a little more of a push we'll have 10 stations because it's the 10th month we'll do 29 reps at each station since it's on the 29th Mm -hmm. And those exercises will be anything from burpees to squat jumps to lunge jumps to um, lunges. So you would do those at each station if you choose to do the stations. That's great. That sounds like fun. And so I'll put on the website, of course, where people that can go to to sign up. But people can still sign up, right? And people can still sponsor, as you said. But if they live around Chandler and they hear this podcast, they can get out there and sign up until what? The very day? The, the very day. Right yeah, on. The, the, the 
and I try to stick to as close to the amount of people that register, and we order extra because okay. every order, every shirt I order that's not being used is less money for the charity. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, so, so we bought. I, you know, the women have tanks, the men have tees. Uh, they're ones that you know we've had before, and people seem to like them. So, our goal too is that that people will actually wear mm-hmm. uh, you know some races again it's great but then you know uh, you go and you get this cotton t-shirt that's four times too big uh, and you're never going to wear it or you're going to wear it to bed um, <laughs> but then no one's seen uh, you know that constant uh, reminder and exposure so we try to have shirts <clears throat> excuse me that you know people will want to wear when they go to the gym go to the grocery store yeah do things like that so it continues to raise that awareness so it's not just a one and done uh you know it's great that october is breast cancer awareness and you know but you know breast cancer unfortunately is impacting you know thousands of people you know daily mm-hmm. so the more we can raise awareness on a continuing continuous basis the better that's so great. And what about if there's another studio or a breast cancer survivor listening that goes to a studio somewhere in, I don't know, in Utah, and they say, I want to do something like that. Are you open to kind of helping people out with that blueprint and expanding the busting butts to save breasts? Oh, for sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I would love to have it in multiple states and you know, be able to let individuals know what we do, who we use for the timing, and, you know, It'd be great to have, you know, it in say Utah and Arizona, all states, yeah. right, um, across the world. And all of us on the same day are starting around the same time, uh, you know, would be amazing to do. Uh, I just, for me, next year I'm going to maybe hire someone to help me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have uh, some amazing coaches at my facility, interns, and they help me. But, again, we have you know, full-time careers, families. And so our career is not, uh, you know, an event planner right. and a race planner. So uh, next year I'm looking to maybe hire one. Uh, and the reason I haven't in the past is because, again, if I hire one, that's less money for the charity. Right, uh, exactly. However, if that uh, coordinator now I'm bringing in twice as much, right? Right. And even if I'm paying him or her a salary, that's still, you know, going to be able to bring that much more to the charity. That's awesome. So I hope if you live in Arizona and you hear this, you get out and join. And if you feel like taking a trip to Arizona, take a trip and have fun on October 29th. But so talk to me about, you know, I've I've both been a loved one of someone who have cancer and I obviously have had cancer. And I've said before, you know, it seemed to me it was easier when I was the one who had cancer because I knew it was me, you know, I knew what I could take, I knew what I could tolerate, and yet when I was the loved one of someone who had cancer, it was very difficult because I felt so helpless, and it was very difficult to be the one standing by watching this happen. How do you think doing all of this, you know, writing the book, and, um, you know, starting this foundation, and starting this 5K, and starting these programs where you reach out, and you're of service. I mean, you're helping these women recover when you're just really involved in this whole recovery and, and breast cancer movement. How has that helped you as the spouse of a survivor? Like, how did that help you to deal with everything that Melissa was going through? No, it's, I mean, it's a great question. Of point. I mean, at first it was more of a deflection. Uh, you know, um, to not deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, later,
classes, you know, we now can uh, give hope to individuals uh, that aren't being healed. So for me, you know, we have a strong faith uh, in God and in one another, and that's what helped us more than any. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, me being the spouse of, uh, of someone that had it, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, mm-hmm. you know, because we have three kids, and, you know, when they're scared, they don't really want to go to her because she's fighting them. You see how tired she was, you know, so I'm, you know, the one talking to them, and, you know, here's the reality of what's going on, and here's what's going to happen, and, you know, it, it definitely gets hard mm-hmm. um, for, for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, no one would wish to be in anyone's shoes, right? But, um, again, at that time, I either look and I'm a victim or I choose to be an advocate and, you know, go out and help other people. There was no choice. I wasn't going to just sit around and feel sorry for our family. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, God had this happen to us, uh, you know, and again, not just her, but our family. Mm-hmm. So, what can we do to help inspire people? And so, for me, that's that's how I've been able to be able to be stronger, our marriage be stronger, our family be stronger, our community be stronger, have uh, amazing opportunities to meet people such as yourself. And, you know, all of those things, had we not gone through what we've gone through, we wouldn't have been able to be where we are. That's so true. So you you shared a story with me that I love and I'd like you to share again and talking about how, you know, it impacted your whole family, how it even changed your kids and you saw it made them stronger when Melissa recently had um, an injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all out on a walk, and the sun got in her eyes, so she lifted her arm up to block the sun. And in doing so, she lost her balance and fell and broke both of her arms. Oh, my gosh. Um, basically shattered her left and broke her right arm uh, almost as bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, and at that time, you know, frantic, we had to call an ambulance. They had to come. Fire truck had to come. We went to the hospital, uh, you know, surgery, rehab, all this stuff. Uh, and when we asked our kids, the kids were like, did you see it? You know, thankfully she had a jacket on. Uh-huh. So they didn't see her arms. Uh-huh. Um, but they're like, when the when they got there and cut the sleeve, you know, get the kids away. And so they didn't see it, but we're like, were you afraid? And uh, my two youngest were with us at the time. Uh, my daughter, who is now 13, and my son, who is 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we asked them, you know, were you scared? They said, well, no, not really, because we it wasn't, you know, at least we knew it wasn't cancer and she wasn't going to die from it. Oh, out of the mouths um, of babes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's something my wife and I use now when faced with adversity, you know, whether, oh, here's a bill or here's a sickness or here's broken arms or truck breaks down or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, um, we're able to say, you know, at least it's not cancer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we say it in a way that I hope no one would ever have to say it. And we don't say it in a way that, well, your problems are nothing. Right? Right. You know, everyone has their cross to bear. But what it's done for us is it's put things a little more into perspective. Because actually what had happened, I think I told you this, the first time she got diagnosed, again, was on a Wednesday. Um, that weekend, I had 30 people, uh, 30 clients competing in a bodybuilding show. Uh-huh. Uh, so I 
asked my wife, do you want me to go or not? She said, go ahead and go. Well, that Thursday I was at work, I got a call. You got to come home. We have to take Alex, who's our daughter, to the hospital. Because oh. she was in a pool and a toy got thrown in the air and cut underneath her eye. Oh. So we had to take our daughter to the hospital. So white cancer Wednesday. Uh-huh. Thursday, take our daughter to the hospital. They had to put her on her surgery. Um, Friday, Saturday, I had 30 people competing in competition. Uh-huh. Sunday, a client of mine had given me a treadmill, and a buddy of mine went and picked it up, and we're driving down the, the road in my six-week-old pickup truck, uh-huh. and a windburst came in Arizona. Oh, no. It's kind of like a small tornado type thing, right? Uh-huh. Picked up the treadmill out of the back of my truck. Oh, my God. Flipped it, hit the... Uh, tailgate of my truck, dented my truck, smashed the treadmill. Oh, no! Cars were no cars were behind us. Thank so God. I grabbed the treadmill and had to throw it away. Oh, uh, no! So that was a rough week. There's a couple thousand dollars and, you know, it's a brand new truck. Uh, but at the end of it, that still was cancer. Right. So had the things happened in a different order, Right, it would have been like, oh my gosh, why is this happening in my truck, on the treadmill, materialistic things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but since it happened in that order, you know, it helped me to realize, like, yeah, I mean, it's stunk. You know, I, I don't have that kind of, you know, money. I don't know many people do to just be like, oh, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, at the end of the day, comparatively speaking, I would take a dented truck and a broken treadmill over breast cancer or my daughter having surgery. You know, any day. Ten out of yeah, 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, it, it, do, it just helps you put things into perspective, right? Right. Totally helps you put in perspective and appreciate the, the, the smaller things in life, you know, know what really matters. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So if people want to look you up and get a hold of you, Scott, which I will put your contact information, and in fact, it is on the website right now, um, what you're open, taking new clients at this point, working with people, what advice would you have for them, best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so great. So, yes, I am, I am taking on uh, clients, and I have a, a team with me as well, too. So, depending on if the person's in Arizona or not, uh, but I'm the point of contact. So, you know, uh, someone's not just going to, you know, uh, get a voicemail or send off to uh, a coach that does not know how to work with someone post-breast cancer. Uh, but people can either find me on Facebook you know, through my name, Scott Keppel, uh, through the company's name, Scott's Training Systems. They can go to scottkeppel.com, scottstrainingsystems.com. They both go to the same place. Uh, they can go to bustingbutts, uh, to say breast.com and get some information there. Or they can uh, email me at scott at scottkeppel.com. So I uh, try to make it as I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, uh, all those things. So I'm here to here to serve. Lots of ways to get a hold of you. <laughs> Great. Yes, that's for sure. Well, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. I really, really appreciate it. And um, and thank you for all the great work you do. It's just, it's so great to come across somebody who has just such an amazing outlook as you do and, you know, that your whole family just supports this energy of, of hope and encouragement. And it's awesome. It's inspirational. Nice to see. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I am so honored to have had the opportunity to interview Scott here on this show. And one thing that just really stands out to me is how he talked about the reason, even though we'll never know the reason why each of us gets cancer, that he felt that it happened in his family so that he and his wife could give back in the way that they're doing now. And that is just such an impressive approach and attitude to have towards life. So check out his website at scottkeppel.com, S-C-O-T-T-K-E-P-P-E-L.com, or find him on Facebook. And I'll also post contact information for his fundraiser, Busting Butts to Save Breasts, on the website where on my podcast page so you can contact him through any of the links there as well you can also find my website lauralummer.com where you can download my free ebook six habits of healthy happy breast cancer survivors i really appreciate you tuning in downloading the show and if you get something out of this show please take a minute go to the itunes store and leave some positive feedback or leave a rating for the show so that it can help move up in the rankings and other breast cancer survivors can find it more easily as well thanks again for listening and i'll talk to you in two weeks your mind is clearer than before your heart is full and wanting more your future's at the door give it all you got no hesitating you've been waiting all your life this is your moment